0: hello 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 it's cake and kombucha cake and kombucha baby welcome back it's cake and kombucha y'all this is your host kelechi Azier. i'm here with another week of oh i was gonna say the f word but let me try to restrain myself this early in the pod It's been an interesting week and we're going to get right into some topics. There's going to be a lot of politics this episode because it was a heavy political week and because, honestly, Trump won't stop talking about things nobody asked him to comment on and the political is merging with the Oscars and shit like that. So without further ado, I'm trying to think if I had an anecdote I wanted to share. Um, I believe I did, just quickly. Just a quick note for the people who would like me to pronounce my name wrong so that they can understand it better. Stop. Fuck off. Uh, this is a, perhaps a unique phenomenon, but my last name, Ie, is pronounced Azier, And I call places, and when I say my first and last name, my first name is actually Lisa. So when I say Lisa A-Z-A, which is, I use Lisa because, I mean, come on. Like, who has the time to spell Kalechi for people that are already having a, mental nervous breakdown because there's a Z in my last name and I'll say AZA and they I've had people tell me oh that's not how it's spelled or that's not what you that's not how it was pronounced or you said something else and I'm like so am I supposed to preemptively guess how your my name like would be pronounced if it was up to you and say that or if you see someone Lisa and you see a bunch of vowels and you do hear that I said some vowels and zzz. This is for easy ie. Is there really rock your world that is pronounced AZA? I don't get it. I think there's just a problem with assuming we know things and assuming things should be familiar because when I don't know something, I I don't know it. I know that I don't know it, so like I'm not very like surprised or thrown off by how it turns out to be. Like, I expect it to be something that someone will tell me and then I'll be like, oh, cool, a new thing. So I don't know. It's just interesting the way people process information. But I had that experience on the phone this week and it was weird. So keep it sleazy, weirdos. Let's get to our first segment. Do I want to put in one last plug for Jump, produced by, presented by Astoria Performing Arts Center. This is a play that I'm doing. It closes this weekend. You could still come to the 8 p.m. show tonight. There's a 3 p.m. and an 8 p.m. tomorrow, and a 3 p.m. on Sunday. It is a beautiful story about a woman's journey processing grief and loss. It's universal. It's something we unfortunately all have to go through in some way, shape, or form. And it's been a pleasure to work on, to work with these new artists, the beautiful uh, female directing team of the, our associate director and our director, both women of color. It was great. Playwright's a young black woman. Um, Actors are great. There's a small cast, only four of us. It's in a pop-up space in Astoria. This is my first time doing a play in a pop-up space. Would I? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I've done non-conventional spaces, but not a fully just like unrelated to being a venue that's supposed to even have people like in it sitting down and we just made it into something that's unique. So without further ado, Let's get into our first topic. Okay, guys. Obviously, I would be remiss to not start with the debate. That was some of the best television that I've seen in a long time. The debate this Wednesday was absolutely exhilarating. First of all going to clap it up right now for our queen. Our queen Elizabeth Warren is back. She started out like a prize fighter. She was talking shit about Bloomberg before the debate happened. But y'all weren't paying attention. I knew this Smackdown was coming because I heard her saying on media outlets that, well, you know, people want to know how I would do with Trump. You can see how I go up against another egomaniac billionaire tonight. And I was like, shots fired. Let me tell you, she got into that debate and she got in that ass. She got all the way in that. She ethered him. It was like some sort of rap battle, spanking. I just have never seen anyone be absolutely whopped just fisticuffs, just pummeled this man And it was mm, delicious, Um, scrumptious. The memes, the internet's having a field day. I mean, I saw memes. There was a check for a billion dollars from Bloomberg to Elizabeth Warren. And it's the the purpose of the check. The memo was stop being mean to me. People were cutting and pacing her head um, over like, you know, like dudes, like niggas running around like, oh, shit, after like a rap battle. Um, People were splicing music over her her most you know memorable lines and I just want to give a true shout out to her not as the unabashed stan that I am but as someone who actually does pay attention to politics and listen to the messaging because she was able to not only eviscerate him literally just I don't know carve him up like a Christmas turkey just put him in the racks just put him in uh, what's that thing that you put your head and neck through and like in the medieval times people throw tomatoes at you? That thing. Put him in a dunce cap. It was just everything. Everything bad happened to him, and it was awesome. Um, she was not, she was not only did that, but she also was very cogent and clear. That probably means the same thing I think about her policies. So you got to hear more of them again, and the reasons that she was coming for him were not just. You know, oh, you hurt black people's feelings. For example, this is not like the biggest moment, but it is one of the biggest failures of Michael Bloomberg. For some reason, he was completely unprepared for the debate. You know, and I heard people say afterwards, oh, you know, he's they've had eight times of practice. He's had none. That's not how it works. By the time you get to a performance, the talent isn't supposed to be like complete so deeply, unevenly distributed. When you say you're out of practice or you're rusty, you practice. Then you get not rusty and then you do the thing, okay? So someone can kind of be like more skilled at something, something than you from years of doing it, sure. But you are not supposed to be like completely incapable of participating. Apply to whatever activity. Like say you had a ski – this is like if there was some sort of ski competition. I picked something I know nothing about, just – I don't know why. I don't know. Say there's some sort of ski competition, like ski tricks, and you can't do like a triple somersault in the air thing that your opponent can, because they've been doing it for a long time. So that's one thing. This would be like if you also couldn't stand up straight on your two skis and and move anywhere. This would be like if you were with the five-year-olds going across flat ground and you couldn't even stand up straight. It doesn't really make sense. From the get, I don't understand why he was so unprepared. He has billions of dollars, literally. He could probably pay an AI team to create artificial, intelligent, robotic versions of the the other candidates to fight him and debate him and practice with him at all hours of the day. Or he could hire actors or he could hire, I don't know, like political operatives and like strategists, the people who actually do prepare people for debates. So he could just do the thing you're supposed to do, you know? It was weird. It was weird to show up like that. And so, specifically, I mean, like he could not answer basic questions about stop and frisk. So, with stop and frisk, he said, You know, I'm just, it's, I'm embarrassed and ashamed. So I don't think he said ashamed. He said, I'm embarrassed and something that's not a very selfish, still didn't, I didn't hear the words I'm sorry in it for the way that, you know, it turned out. And Elizabeth got in that ass and she said, "Um, No, you can't be embarrassed. You're not embarrassed for the way it turned out because you, orchestrated it to turn out that way how are you gonna have a policy that stops random black people like it's a fugitive slave act or the gestapo or something and just throws them up against a wall without knowing who they are just because they're black and then say you're sorry that it stopped a lot of random black people and ruined their lives and gave them records and shit like that and and had whole generations of new yorkers and families living in terror That was what the program was designed to do. The literal entire purpose was just to stop a bunch of black people because you're assuming that the chance that they've done something wrong is high and their individual civil rights don't matter. So let's just fuck them all up for the greater good of of, you know, having less crime in a place where if we helped actually with poverty and, you know, redlining and the situations that we created through the government, there wouldn't be so much crime in the first place. Let's just fuck up all these people. That was the whole point. That was the point. There's there's racial profiling, so that was the point. The point is to profile a bunch of people racially. So Elizabeth Warren pointed out astutely that you have nothing to apologize for because you did exactly what you intended to do. So if you're going to say you're sorry, you need to say, I should have never done it. I understand that racial profiling is wrong. I understand the damage that I've done, blah, blah, blah. You can't just say, oh, it turned out badly because, you know, and she said, look, people in your own city were up on the sidewalks protesting. You didn't stop then. She laid in to him. She started out the debate saying that tonight, you know, we want to address a billionaire who has called women uh, fat broads and horse face lesbians. And she said, and I'm not talking about Donald Trump. And that was news to me because I didn't know. I knew that Bloomberg was known for saying some crappy things, but I did not know that he called people horse face lesbians. And that is... I mean, in addition to being comical, any time you insult someone with a hyphen, like horse-faced, it's just, it's already going to be a little funny. Why would you say that, my dude? Like, why? So she started out just dropping his greatest hits of gaffes, and she put her foot on his neck and would not let it up. Uh, Shout out to Pernell Walker. Not for sure she listens to the show, but great actress, friend. Homie, she wrote on Facebook that he she put her easy rider, her stride right in that ass and would not take it out the whole debate. So she then said, OK, so tell me how you have you have hundreds of women with NDAs that have signed these because of improper treatment in the workplace and from you. So you're going to release them from the NDAs? What you going to do? What you going to do? What about us? What you going to do? What you going to do? She immediately, she was just like, do, 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 do. Bloomberg, tell me what you going to do. Do, 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 do. She literally wouldn't. She was just like, so are you going to do it now? Tell them on stage. Tell them now. Mention it all. Tell them you're going to release all the all of them from NDAs and then, it, strangely, Joe Biden, I don't know what kind of ginkgo biloba cocaine he took last or Wednesday because he was just um, very alert tonight in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. So he was like, uh, yeah, you know, an NDA is when you tell someone you could be quiet about this. You can't tell anyone you think they want to do that, which is like, I mean, just to, you know, get in my two cents of victim education. Like, sure. Some people, yes, never want to speak about things like that again. They don't want to talk about it again. However, and his point stands that if the only way you can get some semblance of justice or restitution for yourself is to agree to never speak about something again and in so doing protect this person, someone who's harmed you in some way, protect their reputation, lots of people don't want that. You know, some people want the privacy, but they might want it on their own terms. They want to tell people they want to tell. But to think excuse me, to think that they have to be forced to protect, you know, some asshole's reputation is very hurtful. So, yeah, I mean, yes, the point is who's in the position of power when signing an NDA? Not not the signee. Obviously the person who has it. And so they went in on him about that. This brought the most astounding line of the night. Michael Bloomberg said, and the NDAs that they signed was nothing more than I told a joke they didn't like. Huh? Huh? I thought I was in some sort of alternate dimension. I had to go check and see if like the portobellos and shiitakes that I put in my dinner were actually like like magic shrooms because I thought that it wasn't possible that someone would be in public after me too. And he said... I find the actions that Me Too brought forth unacceptable but or that they expose unacceptable, but his issue was just telling a few inappropriate jokes. But he said he didn't even say that they were inappropriate. He said, Oh, I told a few jokes they didn't like. As if it was a matter of taste. My nigga, are you a comedian? What the fuck I I I oh I just I just can't. I just can't. I can't believe that he said, you know, the NDAs were nothing more than me creating a a negative work environment that felt unsafe by making sexual comments. You know, they were nothing more than standard sexual harassment fodder. You know, what, basic sexual harassment is sort of based on that we can't say wild shit in the workplace to make people feel like sex is on the table and that we want to fuck our secretaries because we asked them what kind of panties they wear and stuff like that there was nothing nothing more than that i i die i died and then i came back to life um And then he pivoted to start it, which I always knew this was a bad talking point because I saw his like campaign manager do it on the news. Pivoted to talking about like the organizations he had that hire women. And Elizabeth Warren was like, oh, so his excuse is I'm nice to some women. And I was like, Elizabeth, girl, Queen, just I stand. She just wouldn't let any of it go. None of it go. None. None. She was like a dog with a bone. And it was amazing. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but some some uh, seasoned black people. What was the word? I don't know. Let's say people in their 60s that I do love had said they were going to vote for Bloomberg only to defeat Trump. They thought it was going to be like King Kong, Godzilla billionaire fight. And they don't think Michael Bloomberg is a good guy. They think he's a jerk. They think he's done bad things to black people. They just think it's not Trump, the whole, the whole, you know, and do I think that Michael Bloomberg is going to, you know, deport, you know, create like travel bans? No, but like we kind of had like our own like travel ban situation, fugitive slave law thing in New York. So it's like, You're going to make different groups of people extremely, extremely miserable with unconstitutional stuff. It's just not – there's no point. We don't know what kind of weird shit Bloomberg would do if he got in office instead of Trump. What if he flipped back to Republican again and started, like, courting a lot of Republicans and putting in Republican judges and saying that he was being partisan? Like, the dude was not even a real Democrat. We don't – it's just untested but I I just wanted to know how people got to this conclusion that it would be a good alternative in the whole, like, elect we have to let this electability thing. We have people doing game theory, maybe myself included, too, who we just aren't capable. Like I heard someone say, you need to vote for who you like because that's how someone gets electable, by voting for them. So if we all think Elizabeth Warren is the most best candidate. The most fierce competitor, the most brilliant person we've seen run in a long time, maybe my ever, in terms of bringing about like change, not being inspirational, but like bringing about actual change. Like we have to vote for her then. We can't just all be like, she's so amazing. She won't get elected and then not elect her. That's that's what's happening. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like when when parents have a gay child and they did that whole I just don't want like the world to be mean to you thing. And that's why I'm upset when it's like you are the world and you're the one who's not accepting me right now. It's that self-fulfilling prophecy circular thing. And so my point is just that we got to make sure these calculations make some kind of sense. So because Bloomberg is a billionaire, he's he's like not he's never been known to be a good speaker. He's never been known to be someone who's like a good fighter, good with his words, like fluid thinking. He's just a rich dude. And so. Why, because he has a lot of commercials, we decided that he could go toe to toe with Trump. That's not good vetting. like i I'm just dismayed at the amount of black people over forty five that have switched from Biden to Trump. It's not the name recognition only. These people have to live and breathe and walk around and do stuff and perform, perform perform p e r f o r m That's what this shit is. It's a performance. If you weren't, You know, the people who are who are the front runners, the people who are candidates, they're performing that that's part of the job. That's a different job than being a analyst, a political analyst in the background or a strategist. That's perhaps the thing that separates them is the willingness to be a figurehead. So we cannot choose a figurehead that looks like a cryogenically frozen turtle. That's not going to work. I'm trying to think of what other great debate moments. Um, Bernie Sanders, he and Bernie went toe to toe about some stuff. Um, and then the other delicious moment of the of the night was Amy Klobuchar getting in Pete Buttigieg's ass, got all the way in that ass. And I said, Amy, you're doing the Lord's work. Thank you. I can't remember. I, I hate to miscredit, but whoever described her like jokes is like her Costco comedy album, like Midwestern mom. <laughs> like it's it's true. She did not let up with the with the jokes and she just always like seems very satisfied in her in her own jokes. And it's hilarious to me. But you know what? It's funny because I knew she had a smart mouth during the Brett Kavanaugh. That was when he said something to her and she said something back and that's how he learned her name he was she was the he was the one that she was the one that he came after um about the alcoholism thing I think she said her dad was an alcoholic and she's familiar with that kind of drinking and when it gets out of control and he said have you ever had a beer senator or something like that and she like got in that ass then and I was like okay all right so she and Pete. Pete looked like he was gonna like bite her ear off. He's so I don't. I hate when he turn. He needs to stay frontwards when he's mad and stop turning to the right. Cause it's just it looks very menacing. I hope someone on especially with his hairline, his pound puppy hairline, like someone should have told him you need to stare straight ahead. Don't breathe over this five one woman's shoulder like that. But anyway, they were next to each other just going at it. There was a random I don't know Telemundo. I call me, I don't know what station she was on. I'm probably being racist right now, but there was a Hispanic reporter. Maybe she was Mexican. I don't know, but she was pissed. She was pay owed. And they made her wait like the whole debate to ask one question, which was why did Amy Klobuchar, how did you forget the president of Mexico's name? And like, you say that you know shit, but you don't know shit. How you gonna forget that his name? (laughs) That's basically what it was. And Amy Klobuchar said, I made a mistake. And I had a brain fart basically, but you know, I believe in the Mexican Canadian trade agreement and I've worked on this and that. And the lady just asked the same question over again. I mean, that was the theme of the night. No one was like taking anyone's answer at face value, but you forgot it. How? How? Tell me how. Dime. Dime. How? How? Como? And she said, she said, you know, I had a brain fart. She basically. You know, she said it again, and and then Amy was like, look, do you want to have a humble candidate that can admit that they make mistakes sometimes? Um, And she also had some facts prepared, which I thought was comical because she had to look down at them. I don't even know what these things were. She was like, there's... The Israeli, populate, I don't know what, what that body of government thing she was naming was. She was like, there's 220 of them. And then she looked down at her fat card and was like, there's this many of this. I know that, but I forgot the president of Mexico's name. And I was like, well, you didn't really know the things that you just um, rattled off because you, you didn't rattle them off. You read them. But then Pete jumps in there and was like, well, I didn't know that the Israeli blah, blah, blah was this either. But I wouldn't call it trivia. I would call it important. I mean, you're in, you are working on this all day and night on these trade agreements and you don't know, you don't know it. You don't know it. And she just said, I said, I don't know it. I said, I don't know it. Like, wh- I don't know what you want. Like, I've already said that. So you're just, I think it's effective when you take the wind out of someone's um critique because you have already accepted the critique and you, what do you say then? Like, yeah, Yep, you're right. I didn't. No, I didn't know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then she, he just kept going with it and she said, "Are you mocking me? Are you calling me dumb?" <laughs> it was amazing. And it was just so funny because it was that thing of where I mean, you're basically calling someone an asshole. Like it's like, "Oh, hey, we both had our moment. I was wrong. Now we've surpassed the moment where you're actually making a point." Or you I mean, you're trying to, but you're beating it over the head. And now I'm going to call you out on on beating that point over the head because you no longer sound sincere. You just sound like you're trying to get at me. You don't actually sound you like you care about, you know, this is about the president of Mexico and Mexico's honor. Like you're just doing this thing. And then he said, well, no, what I think it's important to do. And she said, well, we all wish we could be as perfect as you, Pete. <laughs> ah! I'm sorry. I'm just recreating the type of laughter that I had in the moment because it was just really funny to me. Let's see if there's any other salient points needed to be gotten across from the debate. Mm, I think it was just a strong showing uh, from everybody in some ways. I mean, obviously, except for Michael Bloomberg. Uh, Joe Biden had the best debate he'd had in a while, although like he just absolutely cannot be our candidate. So I just kind of don't even want to talk about it. Um, Bernie Sanders was strong as usual. He's the front runner. Um, but people didn't attack him so much as they spent time, uh, going after Michael Bloomberg. What was interesting was Pete Buttigieg tried to blame him for, you know, Bernie bro culture and say like, you're the only one that has fans like this. Like, uh, so it is like, what does that say about you? And what is your responsibility to, change that, you know? And I don't know. I mean, I think he does have a duty to keep the party unified and not even a duty. I mean, it's like a imperative. It's like if you care about any of the things you're saying, you do need to make sure that people don't just not vote if you're not the nominee. Like he has his work cut out for him after. But is he responsible for how his particular message seems to resonate with a certain cohort of really obnoxious people that have also shown that they don't want to vote for anyone but him. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen him say vote for me or no one else. Like, I don't know. That's a hard, that's a hard thing. I I hope that my sense of the person he is, is that he's not going to be like, well, if it's not me, like sabotage it all, burn it all down. I think he's going to do what he can. And it's like, Pete, are you responsible for how you have really obnoxious supporters who either, like, are able to ignore all your lack of a track record or your bad track record with black people or people that don't even know you're gay. Like, you have weird supporters, man. Like, this woman went to uh Iowa to vote, and then she after she voted, she found out that Pete was gay, and she was like, yeah, he's gay as a husband. What? I didn't know. Can I take my vote back? Like, what have you been doing wrong when people don't even know that? Like, I just... Something's off, man. And um, I listened to one of my podcasts, I Love Repo- Reply All by Gimlet Media. They do deep dives into researching different topics. They're really interesting. And there was a journalist from Slate who has found that P. Judge was responsible for editing his own Wikipedia page for years, and he denied it. It was, like, factually proven, and he also tried to add himself to the list of notable Rhodes scholars on Wikipedia and got rejected at first. And then he went back after he like ran for some his first public office and didn't get it. And then put on put himself back on the list of notable Rhodes scholars. So I would like everyone to know that amongst Rhodes scholars, A, there's new ones every year and he's not the most famous. Well, now he might be. Um, But yeah, it was just it was just great. Um, You know, there's been talk about how debates don't really affect voting that much. They, we think they do, but they don't. I'm losing my, I don't know. I feel like so many of these assessments and predictions have been wrong recently. I mean, did they, did they affect Trump when he's bumbling over words and saying ridiculous racist shit? No, but, but that's because the draw for people who voted for him was a racist shit. Will it will it matter now for people to see Bloomberg? and realize he cannot talk and that he's just not a good choice for any of the things we're trying to achieve i think it will so i'm hoping he fades back into the cryogenic uh chamber that he came from and that we'll we can move on from there I said I was going to be covering a lot of politics just because, interesting, you know, there's this cross-section of politics and pop culture where things become viral, then they start becoming memes, then some think pieces happen, then they're viral, and so we're just finding out about what people thought about, what they thought about it, what they thought about this, and the stories continue, and in that vein, one interesting thing that has come up is people saying that Bernie Sanders sounds angry. Now... I never thought this. Interestingly, I've never thought he sounded angry. He sounds a little monotonous, but I really just attributed it to his age, his background, and being from Brooklyn. I'm literally doing um facial care right now. I'm putting on uh putting on face oil so I hope I'm not moving around too much. But yeah, I don't I don't get it. So, I was reading um, I didn't realize that a lot of Jewish people felt that these criticisms were anti-Semitic and there's, you know, people are saying he sounds like a Jewish person from Brooklyn. Like, so if you have a problem with that and, you know, talking with your hands, moving your hands when you talk, you know, I don't even know that I knew it was Jewish. I just know it's like a certain type of New Yorker of a certain age. And I, I like, I mean, cause there's a lot of cultures that talk with their hands a lot, like Italians, whatever. Um, there's just a lot of loud ass cultures. Like honestly, most people who are not white Anglo Saxon Protestant are loud as fuck. So I didn't really question it. I feel like I can tell when he's annoyed and when he's not like, I, I, I always thought that I could tell that. And it's very interesting to, you know, was he annoyed at Bloomberg? Yes, he was. But other, someone else would be like, and my friend, Elizabeth Warren, like, I mean, he's just, he's just one no and he can't you know once you get to be a certain age you can't even hear that well to like to to regulate and modulate your voice so I just think it's very interesting um but I, and I did I did hear people saying he sounded angry and that did rub me the wrong way it rubbed me the same way that it it rubs me wrong um when people tell black people they're angry because we at first of all a we're usually not when you tell us we are b we have everything to be angry about between those two, you should shut, between those two things, you should just shut up. Like, what is he saying that's not angering, that people are dying for no reason, we don't have health care, we have billionaires walking around, we have just insincere suggestions of how we should modify this and where can we find the money to do this from, and I don't know, maybe we'll create a scholarship program so that one person a year can, like, get out the hood, like, at the stupid State of the Union speech where... Trump denigrated government schools. He literally said, so she doesn't have to go to a government school. I I mean, I can see how after 85, a hundred years, however long he's been uh, in office uh, and a b- politician, after a hundred years, I can see why that would be annoying. I would be irritated. Like you guys seriously just trying to keep putting band-aids on sh- stuff. You don't want to actually fix it from the inside he has so many things to be passionate about. And the earth is dying. It's literally ending. and People don't care that much. So I just think it's weird when people are like, I know the world's coming to an end, but tell me in a way that sounds nice. I just think it's odd. I've always thought that was odd. And it just, it reminds me of similar tone policing. Um, When you have time to tone police, I just feel like you don't, You don't have the same stakes that I do in this. You don't feel the pressure. You're not experiencing racism. You're not experiencing sexism. You're not experiencing poverty. You're not living paycheck to paycheck. You just don't have things to worry about because I don't see how you could be like, but talk to me nice, but tell it to me nice. Like, I don't get it. Um, Furthermore, I want to know why we think Southern white Anglo-Saxon Providence Protestant accents are charming but not Jewish Brooklyn accents because I don't find comfort in the fact that someone sounds like they own an active cotton plantation. I don't. And if you're interpreting my statement to mean that I have PTSD from Southern accents and white people, I do. It takes me a minute. I'll get through it but I need like a second to like warm up to you because it's is a jolting sound. I always feel like some shit is about to go wrong. And it usually does. It usually does. To pivot, um, I listen to a lot of murder podcasts. We know this. So I was listening to Dateline. You can listen to Dateline. I'm like, you don't need to watch it. You don't need the visuals. You really can just listen to it, especially with Lester Holt and the way he narrates things. So it was the story of that woman who uh, the doctor whose husband took her on a hiking trip. I don't know if it was the Grand Canyon. It might have been. And pushed her off of a cliff. And I, um, I first didn't want to listen to the story. I thought I already knew it. You know, sometimes I don't want to listen to the dateline things of the ones that have been all in headlines, but it was actually interesting because I was like, I have no idea what this man's motive was because he killed his first wife like 15 years before in a really weird way so i was trying to find out what the hell is going on here it was just ended up being more interesting than i thought it was kind of a dear john like situation with him pre- pre- uh, hmm. see i i was i wanted to say he was predatory and then i was going to say praying and i almost said he's preeding he was preeding on these women um for fin- financial reasons uh but it's just very bizarre what people will go through i just don't get it man like, I think he was also just a sociopath and did it just to do it. It was very disturbing. Which is why it was interesting. But the interviewer from ABC, um, they talked the families first a lot of the times and from memories about the person who's the victim of the crime and they're like, So what was she like? Was she a tomboy? And they're like, Oh, but was she a southern belle? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, she would never leave the house in sweatpants, you know, wearing a Sunday dress to the football games. I was like, I don't know what the fuck that part is about. But I just didn't know that we really thought the Southern Belle thing was an innocuous thing to say. And I just. um, What does that mean? Like, how does that have a meaning that's divorced from slavery? Can anyone tell me? a uh, aristocratic Southern woman that had certain, you know, dressing uh, restrictions and norms and tea time and now we're gonna do this and put my hoop skirt on and shit like that's slavery there's there's nothing not there's slaves slaves made all that possible for you i don't get how it's cute to talk about and so i just think it's funny how we say still say things like good old boys and southern bells and fucking sweet home at alabama bullshit but we don't like ethnic immigrant accents uh, from New York City, which I didn't, I'm aware that it's weird to have on a stage, like I'm aware that people don't, um, you know, we never had a Jewish president, I'm aware, obviously, but I just didn't realize every time you think people like are okay or getting used to like being alive in the world, we just have these other basic hurdles to get through again and it's kind of surprising, so Yes, that a lot of people are discussing how that's not only anti-Semitic, but also classist because it's a working class accent. And that's that is something I relate to, too, it being classist. And I if you think the things I said about the South uh, sound classist. That's fine. I'm OK with it. Oh, in a short drag for I saw people on my timeline. And yes, this person is obsessed with people to judge talking about how Amy Klobuchar really lost it on Wednesday. She sounded like she was going to cry. Amy Klobuchar always has this kind of like warbly timbre tenor to her voice. And when she gets excited, it sounds like this. She kind of drops off at the end of sentences and her breathing is clipped. But it has always sounded that way. She has always sounded like this in the reddest of reddest and the bluest of blue. My point is that she's always sounded this way. So don't you dare tell me that a woman lost it and she's about to cry because she got in someone's ass who was being annoying. Telling someone that they're being irritating isn't losing it. It's really like I just think it's funny how I heard her telling someone to shut the fuck up already. And they're like, she lost it tonight. Oh, my God. Pete really got to her. I mean. Pete has got, Pete gets got every time. He be looking like he wants to murder people, and he does because I know his type. He will kill you if you don't give him a straight A on his paper. He'll murder you. He will. He'll put some poison in your morning coffee. I've seen it. I, okay, I haven't seen it. I'm making this part up. But I mean, he's just a very intense perfectionist person. I know the type. Part of the type is in me, and he wants to kill anyone who embarrasses him. So. I don't understand how her just being like, all right, already, like, let it go is losing it. People, the people in power always want to have these rules of decorum for how they can get to say whatever they want to be obnoxious and then have the status quo continue and it needs to stop. Okay, the politics continues. This is interestingly a conflation of things that we've just talked about. Stupidity. Antebellum South, uh, Donald Trump. So because nobody asked him, he goes off about the Oscars. Let's just listen to it. Bad with the Academy Awards this year. You see? And the winner is a movie from South Korea. What the hell was that all about? We got enough problems with South Korea, with trade. On top of it, they give him the best movie of the year. Was it good? I don't know. You know, I'm looking for, like, where, let's get Gone with the Wind. Can we get, like, Gone with the Wind back, please? Sunset Boulevard. So many great movies. I mean, do I even have to say anything? I might not. We just had... It's just so mind-bogglingly racist that I... (sighs) The (sighs) Okay, I'm going to try. First of all, Parasite was an amazing movie. Like, it was... I've never seen anyone say anything otherwise. It was such a mixture of genres. It was so unexpected. It wasn't like anything I'd ever seen. It was... And one of those just extremely unique things that if there's not something like it for another like 30, 40 years, that will be unsurprising. It was just, it was that good. I'm not saying I'm going to like sit and watch it every day because it was like disturbing. You know, some movies resonate in different parts of you, but whether you thought it was your jam to watch every day or whether you thought that was a just solid, really fantastically executed and acted piece of art with a message – That's kind of inarguable. Like, it's just, it just is. Like, I don't know anyone who's going to say they were bored. It just was really that good. So that's why it won. Um, (laughs) Thanks. And then you just said you didn't think the movie should win because it was South Korean. I, like, we're just being so blatant about Everything needing to be white. And then the suggestion you make is how about gone with the wind and people start cheering. You know, when we when we say that the MAGA hats are the new KKK hoods, it's because we meant that shit. How frightening. How frightening. Like, I just also are you so dumb you don't realize that best picture goes to new movies? I don't. It's not like a sit and talk about the good old age. Why don't we just give it to Birth of a Nation every year then? That would probably, You'd probably like that. I was just like, oh, brother. So then, because no one has any chill and I live for it, the distributors of Parasite got back and said, understandable, he can't read. <laughs> Meaning, like, he can't read the subtitles, so how would he have enjoyed the movie or known what was going on? I just... I just, I don't know. I just, um, it's very, I'm just moving on. Moving. Quick word on some other anti-Asian racism. Um, people are attacking Asian people now over uh, coronavirus. And... This is strange for a couple reasons. I mean, first of all, it's a virus. Countries that have an epidemic going on need our help. It hasn't... I mean, there's no incidences of it in the United States. It hasn't killed as many people as the flu has yet, which I don't want to denigrate or, like, downplay, rather, the pain and the confusion and the suffering that's going on with the people in the Wuhan region of China because... There's a lot going on that's with the government and the way the government chooses to save face rather than protect its people, the way it has shut, you know, it shut down and said a, the doctor who weeks ago was alerting his colleagues, hey, there's a virus going around in the hospital, protect yourself. They they came in the news media and said that he was lying and there wasn't. Um, so there's l- so much that can be said about the way the government uh, prioritizes you know, blind. Well, I will not even say like devotion because people aren't really devoted. They just they have no choice. So there's a lot that's fucked up about the situation. And there's a lot that makes it one of the worst places you could have a virus in terms of the kind of, you know, how the government is going to handle it. People are in some confusing, traumatic situations. They're having their family members die suddenly and be just taken away unceremoniously, which is you know, it's very painful. However, for the United States, it's not something we have to worry about right now, as is often the case with, because we are fortunate in that way. Um, Things get shut down, we get, we get protected. And so, so in New York City, my city today, uh, this report on CNN that a man assaulted a woman wearing a face mask, calling her a diseased bitch here's a few things that I wouldn't do if I thought someone had a disease that was contagious, that was a threat to me in any way. The first of those would be to to touch them, to go out of my way, to insert my, uh, my body into their space. He hit her in the head, which this is obviously, look, a fucking depraved, horrible thing. I just Sometimes the only way I know how to deal with bad things is humor. So I hope you know that. Um, But in thinking about it, I don't understand why you would wear, you know, you would go for the head of someone wearing a mask. Not even like kick them in the back of the knee. I, I don't. So it should be said that many, you know, Asian people wearing masks. I remember because I'm from Buffalo when SARS was an issue, people wore masks. And I do remember feeling like, scared, but it was more like, should I be wearing a mask? Should I even be in Toronto right now? Because we were like in Toronto for various reasons. And, um, th- you know, I found out later that in in lots of Asian cultures, wearing a mask is politeness. It's like, I don't want to get you sick. But sure, now it's, I don't want to fucking get sick. And why are you mad that this woman has a mask on? Put on your own fucking mask. I took some extra masks from uh, Urgent Care the other day, which I went to and... I will not even tell you what I did there. It's I sometimes abuse urgent care. But yeah, um, hand sanitizer as well. So the other incidents that are really interesting just kind of uniformly don't involve Chinese people. We have Hmong people getting attacked. We have Thai people getting attacked. I mean, these are ethnic groups that are like oftentimes brown and don't even look East Asian. I mean, I'm not saying I expect anyone ignorant enough to attack anyone to to uh make that distinction but I just think it's like I I think it's ironic that I opened this article and of the incidences listed like almost none of the people that are getting flack are actually Chinese yeah Thai American Hmong American I mean I think it goes without saying if if you're jealous I mean not jealous I say jealous because I'm about to read a quote that was like ridiculous but um if you just associate diseases with like I don't know if it makes you hate groups of people you're you're weird like you're weird. do you hate like do these white people hate themselves and their ancestors because of the plague, the bubonic plague? Nobody feels very guilty about bringing smallpox to North America and decimating an entire race of people, so I'm confused about the priorities, oh, but this man who was. This Thai guy who was harassed for like 10 minutes on the L.A. subway, which is already making me feel like, ooh, they just built the L.A. subway. Like that just is recently a thing that they're trying to make make fetch happen. And is it already as crazy as a New York subway? Because just to hear subway stories out of L.A. is not what I expected. This guy said every disease has ever came from China, homie. Grammar. Who needs it? Why? Why bother? Everything. Yes, I'll start again. Every disease has ever came from China, homie. Everything comes from China because they're fucking disgusting. They can be so smart and be like, oh, yeah, I developed this. I developed that. But like, yeah, you can't even wipe your ass. This is rude and ridiculous. And I just think it's weird to insult people, but also be like jealous of their technology. It's kind of like, where what's going on? This sounds like he listened to like some things that Trump said and then cobbled the rest together. But again, I don't see... People going after uh, white American Bible Belt moms that won't vaccinate their children because Jenny McCarthy told them not to. I don't see this same level of of, you know, where's the priority? But I have read in the United States about people getting um, people getting I mean, people dying, children dying of the flu, the flu that we have. So, you know, what can you expect? Okay, continuing the shitty things that Trump has done to her. He, uh, well, you know, he intervened in the sentencing of his friend, Roger Stone. Roger Stone was suggested to get like eight to nine years, I believe it was, and now he's getting 40 months. Less than half of your sentence. Yeah, so that's fucked. And then... Uh, Russia is meddling in our elections again. And this is how Trump reacted to that news. Well, he found out because his chief of intelligence, um, well, now outgoing director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire, a member of Joseph McGuire's team briefed House lawmakers, including Adam Schiff, who he's obsessed with in an unhealthy way, Um They briefed the House lawmakers that Russia was attempting to interfere in the 2020 elections to get Trump reelected, which is no surprise since it's literally what they did before. Um, And this made him so angry that he berated the dude and now he's replacing him with an acting person whose name is Richard Grinnell. He's never done any intelligence. He's this is not what he does. So circling back to that analogy I gave about like, what if you were in a skiing competition, you couldn't ski standing up. This is that. So don't let anybody ever tell you that, you know, complain about affirmative action. We have to come up a name for this conservative action. I don't know. But you don't have to have any qualifications to do anything. If you're just friends with powerful white dudes, you literally don't. It's kind of amazing. Good for them. So this new dude is in charge and Trump always has been doing this the whole four years now, this acting thing where you don't have to swear anyone in or get them vetted properly because it's just acting. It's just temporary. Just keep firing everyone and firing them and firing them. And everyone who replaces them is temporary, temporary, temporary. That's what it's been. Uh, I don't have much more information on the election meddling. So I'm going to leave that there, but this was really interesting to me. Um, Dana, Rohrabacher. Rohrabacher? Maybe it's Rohrabacher. I don't know what part of her name is silent. But it's, in case you want to Google it, R O H R A B A C H E R. She confirmed, this is a former California Republican congressman. Oh, it's a dude, Dana. Hmm. He confirmed that in 2017, during a three hour meeting at the Ecuadorian embassy, He told Julian Assange that he would get President Trump to give him a pardon if he turned over information proving the Russians had not been the source of internal DNC emails published by WikiLeaks. I feel like this is like more impeachable shit coming out. Honestly, we should just keep impeaching him over and over again, no matter what happens, because he's breaking the law. I mean, I don't know what else. (laughs) Like, this is crazy to me. This is is potentially a big deal. I don't even see it picked up that much yet. I don't know why. So we can, um, we'll get back to that later. And then this is because I've just opened up my browser and more funny things are popping up. Uh, oh my God, Elizabeth, my queen. Okay. So she tweeted this yesterday. She said, I used to teach contract law. Oh no, this was during, um, a town hall. She said, I used to teach contract law this is easy. She said, I thought I'd make this easy. I wrote up a release in Covenant not to sue and all that Mayor Bloomberg has to do is download it. I'll text it, sign it, and then the women or men will be free to speak and tell their own stories. Look, she's not playing games with you and I just, (sighs) I live. Okay, so I'm going to leave you with some pop culture news. Lil Boosie, who I have been incorrectly attributing the glorious song independent D Wait, that's not how you spell that. Um, you know what I'm talking about anyway. Uh, it's always stressful because I'm like, I want to spell the word right, but I want it to fit the I N D. E P E N D E N T. Do you know what that means? Okay, thank you. That's how you spell it. Um, that song is Lil Webby, not Lil Boosie. Anyway, Lil Boosie, who I just found out has the last name, Boosie Badass, badass. Um, he made some wildly homophobic I mean, not homophobic, sorry. See, he's got me all fucked up too with his dumb ass. It's transphobic and homophobic. He repeatedly makes fun of Dwayne Wade's trans daughter for being gay which she's not she's trans she's just come out as trans and said she wants to be addressed as Zaya and you know she that she her gender is female that she uh, uh, he's calling her gay like it's really weird to be upset about something when you don't know what it is everything that makes me mad has either directly affected me in some way or I, like, understand it. Because, like, how can you really be mad if you don't even know what you're talking about? About. Let me find his video comments. Again, I'm just going to play the comment for you. Because it's, you know, I don't think anyone has gone to the trouble of transcribing it. Let's just say it's that stupid. I gotta say something about this shit, bro. Dwayne Wade, you gone too fucking far, dog. That is a male. A 12-year-old. And 12, they don't even know... They don't even know what they next meal going to be. They don't don't have shit figured out yet. He might meet a a, a woman, anything, at 16 and fall in love with her. But his dick be gone. How he going to? Like, bro, you going too far, dog. Don't cut his dick off, bro. Like, bro, for real. If he going to be gay, let him be gay. But don't cut his dick off, bro. Like, don't address him as a woman, dog. He's twelve years old. He don't. He's not. Mm. there yeah. He he hasn't made his final decision yet. Don't cut his fucking dick off, Dwayne Wade, bro. You fucking tripping, dog? You tripping, dog? You tripping, dog? I gotta say something about this shit, bro. Dwayne. I need to take a moment because I am trying to process the stupidity and I need a moment. Again, there's I have so many questions. Um, don't cut his dick off. If he going to be gay, let him be gay. We're not going to talk about like misgendering and that being disrespectful because this person is honestly probably really far away from understanding anything like that. My point is like, how did you cobble together enough things to be upset about? that are this far off base. You seem to know that there is a thing called gender reassignment surgery, which you have eloquently termed as cutting a dick off. But you don't know that it's not usually done on children. And you, it also has not been discussed at all. Like Dwayne Wade and his daughter Zaya never said anything about that. And then you think that, if someone is trans, they're just like gay without gender reassignment surgery. I'm trying to understand if if he's going to be gay, let him be gay. No, that's but he's not what uh, my brain hurts. It hurts so much. But I mean, I'm not going to really spend a lot of time analyzing it because it's too stupid. Like, again, you've just you've identified that you're upset about something that's literally not happening. You decided to come on the internet and talk about a 12 year old's genitalia like that's appropriate um that's the part that i really found a little bit wild like of all the things you pretend to care about children that and you're gonna get on 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 the internet on the gods the lord's internet and talk about this this child's genitals children's genitals like i feel like you should be a let's throw let's throw all the books like i don't know fbi tap him for that shit it's just so you know that that's not cool to do and then i also want to note the disgust when he said don't address him as a woman the way he said that was like as if a woman is the worst thing you could be addressed as and i'll keep saying it because a lot of transphobia is just misogyny. A lot of homophobia is just misogyny. I hope I'm not offending anyone who's trans or gay when I say that. I don't mean just as in, like, you don't go through your own specific experience. What I meant is, in a very simplified fashion, I'm trying to say that there's a difference between the way people treat and view lesbians and bisexual women, you know, as like, okay, you're, you know, you're that way and you're bum with women and maybe you could possibly want to do it with a man too. And they're intrigued and find it sexy. And then the virulent hatred and violence that, and the lesbians, you get it too from men, especially in certain parts of the world. But I think in America, it's a little bit like, Oh, you're gay. Okay. You're a woman, whatever. Yeah. It's a fake. me. You don't really mean it. They, they, we like to think of lesbians in America as like, they just haven't met the right dick yet, but the gay men and, and trans women, it's considered one of the most disgusting and vile things you could do to become more feminine or to do anything that could become more feminine. And so when I hear these things, I hear a very strong hatred of women, which I mean, I don't think is like a huge scientific leap. I'm not saying I should get any awards for making this leap. I mean, we're talking about like rappers and shit. Like if you listen to their lyrics, it's not hard to understand. They don't respect women a lot. So again, I'm not like patting myself on the back too hard, but I want, just women to understand but you know women hate themselves too and because there's women underneath supporting him talking about you know this is a gay agenda and that shit I love this man and I was like wow because really Dwayne Wade and Lil Boosie are both like 37 38 and the differences in their lifestyles let me tell you Dwayne uh Lil Boosie's eyes are the color if you guys have a garage band as I'm recording right now when you, when you press record, it's this red, the track is like this red, co- this maroon, bloody red color. That is what color the whites of his eyes are. I don't know what's going on. In every picture I find, it's like that. I don't know how you get so dehydrated and wrinkly as a dark skinned black man. Like you are, you are proving us, you're proving that black does crack and you need to stop. So he made this outrageous video, super offensive, misguided. It's just pains me to my heart that. You have started a conversation with fans that makes no sense so that a bunch of people can debate other stuff that makes no sense. This kind of is how I felt about maybe last year, the year before, when there was just so much talk about men getting tricked by trans women and this and that. And no one was really there to push back against the idea that it's like that, that, you know, that trans women just go around trying to put themselves in situations where they surprise people when they, they really don't. I, I, it's just not a thing. It's not, it's not a thing. I'm just saying it's not. <sighs> Fuck you. It's not. So again, like it pains me that he's having a conversation about things that aren't real. Like it pains, this platform pains me. Now, because his, of his videos reach, he's having fallout and he's complaining about being discriminated against. So he apparently planet fitness, planet Fitness would not let him in. Okay. Um, and so he made a video and let me share with you what he said about the planet Fitness. Uh, because I think it's really interesting and says a lot more about his ability to pay his bills than anything else. Um, he said that He claims the manager is gay and didn't let it in because of his past actions in social media. Let's just listen to it. I actually haven't listened to this one. I've read it. It may be funny. Do not go to Planet Fitness. They racist. They haters. (laughs) They just put me out Planet Fitness because of what I said about Dwayne Wade, son. And they said I said a video of one of their employers was faggots or some shit. They chasing for Dwayne Wade, son, so... Don't go to Planet Fitness. Uh-uh. Come Instagram. Planet Fitness. They got roaches in that bitch.
1: <laughs> Do not go to Planet Okay. Fitness.
0: So they racist, they If you could see the strip mall that he just pulled out of, like one of those nail salons where it just says Nails in like red fluorescent lights like a nail song doesn't have a name it just says nails you're a successful rapper why do you go to planet fitness i'm broke and i don't go to planet fitness okay i like live off paycheck to paycheck acting, like residual checks, unemployment checks, (laughs) like subscriptions that allow me to do things that seem fancy, but they're really not because I bought them on a discount and I don't go to Planet Fitness. I will find my way to go to like a class pass or something like why? I don't understand why you go to Planet Fitness and you're going to talk about some place with roaches didn't let you in and that's supposed to make you sound cool. Man, oh man, oh man. It's almost like I had this incident on Facebook where I be writing shit and I don't remember what I wrote. I can't lie. It's a bad habit. I've deleted Facebook from my phone. I have. Um, So I was watching some inspirational or sad video on um, what's that new talk show with the black lady, the beautiful one with the short hair. I can't remember. But I, I, Robin, no. I don't know why I can't remember her name right now, but you know what I'm talking about. So she had a guest on there. And then in the comments, this woman was like, oh, I hope like her cancer gets better or something. I'm exaggerating. It wasn't cancer, but something to this effect. Oh, you know, terminal illness, blah, blah, blah. But I really didn't care for her hair. It's just my opinion. What? And so I was just like, I hope in 2020 we can stop being rude and saying it's our opinion. Which was my sincere hope. I think it's corny when people say it's just my opinion and with something bitchy, I think it's corny. This woman has been, you know how sometimes you get a notification? Like this was like six weeks ago and she's still going on in this long comment thread, writing tomes and tomes about how she said what she said. She Everyone is so sensitive. I can't believe y'all getting on me for saying something. It's my opinion. I have the right to my opinion and you're mad that I said this. And that, I was just like, but It's my opinion. I literally just copied and pasted her first comment to me, which was like, so I'm rude because it's my opinion. It's my opinion. I literally just copied and pasted and substituted my words, my opinion into her thoughts. Like, so I'm rude because so I can't have an opinion that I think you're rude because you don't like my opinion. Like, I was just like, you're really writing about how you're mad other people said something about what you said. But your point is that people are too sensitive. Okay, So you get to insult some unsuspecting person's hair who was having a rough time, like for no reason. And. I at least am actually spurred by something you did like you something you did that was intentional. You know, I have an opinion about something you intentionally did and put out there in public for consumption, not like a hairstyle that you didn't mean for anyone to come come at you about. Like you said something which means it's meant to be engaged with and you're mad I just don't get it. I don't get these blind spots that people have. You sound so dumb. Like, Lil you think it sounds normal to complain about getting kicked out of some place that has roaches? This is your life. This is really your life. And I just want to say, I know People Magazine has never covered a Lil in their life, but they had the nerve to put this article I mean, I don't mean like they wrote the article. It's, you know, it's viral now, but they wrote a blurb. I don't even want to call these articles anymore. They wrote this up and it was under the health section at the top of the page. It said health. <laughs> so um, that's I will leave you with that. Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. Um, The unconditional love that Dwayne is showing his his child Shouldn't be surprising. I'm sad that it's so surprising to people. I'm sad that apparently so many people have backgrounds where they know they'd be like kicked out the house for random various facets of their identity. But don't hate because someone's having a better childhood than you. All right. This has been your host, Kelechi AZA. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fat Broads and Horse-Faced Lesbians. I mean, cake and kombucha. I appreciate your patronage. And please, I, don't, I know that seven of you are following the Cake and Kombucha Instagram page. So if more of you do, I can keep you updated with all the goings on. And I'm kind of ransoming you to follow me so that then I like get inspired to start posting because I have a tough time with social media. Just hit follow and then I will start sharing more shit and we can be in touch with each other. And it'll be awesome. Everything is awesome. All right. Take care, have a great week, and I will talk to you next week. Mwah. Cake and Kombucha is produced and hosted by actress, writer, and singer Kalechi Azier. It features music by the talented Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, check out Melanie Charles.com. Leave us